You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Jacob to the left of Garoppolo, second and ten, shotgun snap. Garoppolo looking over the middle, fires to the end zone, and it's caught! Touchdown Raiders, Jacoby Myers, eight yards in the back of the end zone, wide open, reached up and brought it down, and the Raiders take a 9-0 lead. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, here's your boy Q. Q. All I really know is your girl wants to get with me, and she knows it. I don't even know the words to it. Shout out to Nocturnal. That's all I hear now is Nocturnal on that beat. When you drop that beat there, as Ari's doing fine work back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Uh, again, man, that dude, he was a hell of a uh, an artist. He, he was very short-lived as far as uh, his talent goes. But, uh, yeah, he, he was a hell of an artist. Met him back when I worked at Hot 104.7 in Modesto, California. Or, no, sorry, Merced, California, when I worked there. So, uh, there, that was a, that was a cool little a cool little time period. Shout out to Nocturnal. Shout out to Jason Horowitz on the call right there uh, with the touchdown catch. Jacoby Myers in the back of the end zone. The only touchdown that the Raiders would have on uh, on Sunday against the New England Patriots. Here we are kicking off hour number three of the show. Coming up around 4.30-ish, we'll have Coach Zach Monticelli from Legacy High School. They picked up a big victory uh, this past weekend. Uh, over Palo Verde, and they're undefeated in league play. He is a Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week award recipient, so we'll talk to him about the award, talk to him about the game, talk to him about what's next. Again, I'm not too sure. I believe that they're Class 5A Division League 3 champs. I'm not 100% sure, but we'll ask Coach. We'll ask Coach straight up when we talk to him uh, just to make sure we get our facts straight because I know they have a big game coming up on Friday as well against Desert Oasis. But that's coming up around 4.30. Right now I want to hear hear from head coach, not head coach, but uh, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. Uh, We had a chance to catch up with him earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. It's funny, uh, myself and JT and Lincoln, we recorded the the Raider Roundtable this morning and then uh, we were done. It was probably around 10.30 and I thought, well, let me go head on into the radio station real quick, but then realized that my normal meetings that I have on Wednesday, I, uh, or on Tuesday, excuse me, I didn't have to have today. It actually got canceled. So I thought, well, hell, I'm already here. I might as well stick around for, uh, for Patrick Graham and, and uh, Mick Lombardi. So that was cool. Had an opportunity to catch up with both those guys and ask them a few questions of my own. And normally on Tuesdays, I don't get that chance. So I thought that I'm already here. I might as well go ahead and handle that business. So here's Coach Graham, the defensive coordinator, and I lead off with the, the defense because I feel like the defense has been leading the team. The biggest thing for defense, we just got to keep them scoring points, <laughs> less points than the offense. So, you know, as it pertains to this week, it's, it's going to be the same plan, you know, and the guys go out there, with they never really blink in terms of their energy level, in terms of just going out there ready to play defense, and they've done a solid job at times, and, and we're just working like any other defense in the league, just working hard to be good in situational football and try to take away their top players and minimize the points. Coach Graham right there talking about executing big late game defensive plays, kind of the mindset that's needed, the approach that's needed from the defense, and they've been able to do it now two weeks in a row. And, you know, taking it back a step further, um, you know, I guess the the stream, when uh, the Raiders streamed it itself, uh, didn't even get the beginning of the, the presser with Patrick Graham. I actually asked him a question specifically about the defense closing out the last two games, and he had an answer kind of similar to that one right there, but it wasn't that. But the Raiders uh, hadn't started streaming it yet, so by the time uh, it actually was on, that question was already 
uh, long gone. So, uh, you know, but we did ask him about that, or I did ask him about the fact that the defense has been able to close out the games the last two weeks. Uh, also, I thought it was very encouraging that the defensive tackles uh, got involved. And I know Vinny asked the question about John Jenkins and, you know, just the kind of pressure that he's been able to get. Not only John Jenkins, but Butler's been able to get get home. Bilal Nichols earlier in the season, Jerry Tillery. So here's Coach uh, Patrick Graham talking about John Jenkins and the defensive tackles. To be able to get off the blocks and make tackles, especially against the run game like we're about to see. And for the bulk of his career, Again, in the few years I've been with him, uh, we've been together, he's done a good job of that. He's done everything we've asked. He's worked hard in the weight room. He's worked hard in the meeting room. He's worked hard out there on the practice field. And consistency, that's how you get to play that many years in the league, especially at that position. Uh, in addition to, to John inside uh, Bilal, uh, mm-hmm. a nice game, you know, Adam Butler has been coming up. What have they been doing that's that's kind of led to, to this little surge? For I believe he's just putting in the work putting in the work, working hard, um, gelling well together. They spent a lot of time um, on and off the field, and you can see it in practice in terms of the energy level from the whole group, you know, from, you know, Jank to Bilal to AB to Tillery, all all those guys working hard together, you know, and Max is their leader in terms of being the leader of defense and the defensive line. You can see them starting really to gel together, working hard together and and getting some results from their, their hard work. Patrick Graham right there talking about John Jenkins, Bilal Nichols, and really the whole defensive tackle position. Again, something that has to happen. I mean, they have got to be able to get pressure on the quarterback from the interior. You know what Max is going to provide each and every game. You know what you want to see from Tyree Wilson or Malcolm Kuntz or anyone else who's on the other edge. But the interior is where the Raiders really need to find a way to eat. Now, Ari, I want you to kind of skip down and uh, go to getting the hands on the ball. That was another question that I asked. I thought it was really important because that's the emphasis that they had all offseason, all training camp, all preseason, getting their hands on the ball and also Trayvon Merrick, his progress now that he is in year three. You caught me off guard. Your voice, you sound like it was like a TV. <laughs> it, just cried, like, it was good. It was, yeah, yeah, man. It was like, it caused like, you know, it sounded like I was listening to it. <laughs> Sorry, man. I didn't mean to do that. Um, we're, we're not different from any other defense in the league, trying to emphasize getting turnovers. You know, that, I mean, when you look at the statistically or in terms of you get turnovers, it leads to wins. So obviously that's going to be a point of emphasis for every defense throughout the league. And I'm just happy that guys are getting, seeing the results of their hard work, work on it every day, trust in the process, and then you get to see the results on Sunday and Monday or Thursday when we get to that eventually, and that's the main thing. So, But for this week, dealing with Chicago, again, they do such a good job of running the football. We're going, and, you know, again, we'll see what the situation is at the quarterback position, but they, they have some explosive players to pass the ball to. So it's going to be a challenge. It's definitely going to be a challenge. Yeah, explosive players to pass the ball to, DJ Moore. Watch out for DJ Moore, right? I mean, this dude can go. Now, I don't know who's going to be throwing on the ball. Uh, most likely, it probably won't be Justin Fields, but until they say he's not going to be out there, uh, we don't know, even though Justin Fields is doubtful. DJ Moore is their guy, right? That's the dude that, that makes things go as far as wide receiver position. But multiple times when we were talking to defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, he kept bringing up the run game and the run game and the run game, and that's what the Bears want to do. They want to be able to run the rock, run the rock, and run the rock some more. So the Raiders really have got to be on point defensively to slow down the run and make them one-dimensional, make them throw the ball, make them beat you with DJ Moore, make, make another guy step up and make some plays. And, and especially if you have, uh, you know, Baggett out there, uh, most likely 
it's going to be a struggle for him. I mean, he's a young guy. He's he's trying to learn the ropes, and it's 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 not going to be easy, right? I mean, I know he's got he's he's a talented dude. Nobody's in the league that doesn't have any kind of talent, but it's still going to be very hard to go out there and just you know step in, be a starter in the NFL, and go out there and 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 think you're going to win a bunch of games. So the Raiders, I think their number one task on Sunday is going to be make sure they're able to stop the run. Uh, he was also asked about Amik Robertson, what he's been able to bring to the table. He's a guy that came up with that big interception to close it out against the Packers. Uh, he's a guy that had a sack against the Patriots. And it seems like any time they really call on him, he's ready and available. So here's Graham talking about uh, Amik Robertson. First off, the smile. Smile is, you know, could be a movie actor if you wanted to. The smile is pretty good there. Uh, good energy. He's always upbeat. And he plays hard. <laughs> Again, when you play hard, you have a knack for getting the ball. Uh, guys like to be around that. I mean, I know for myself, you know, just his energy. Again, I love being around the younger people. They keep me young, you know. It keeps me up on music and different things and stuff like that. But I don't know what he's talking about half the time, but, but it's good. That's <laughs> good. Right there is Patrick Graham talking about Amik Robertson. And it's funny, we actually asked him, or Adam Hill asked him when he was leaving the, the press room, uh, what, when the, what new music has he put you up on? And he said, well, he was surprised that I knew so much about Lil Wayne. <laughs> so uh, Lil Wayne's not really new music, but Lil Wayne is, uh, you know, kind of uh, generational. It seems like he's been around forever and just continues to put out hit after hit after hit and just performed at halftime at Allegiant Stadium just a couple weeks ago as well. So I thought that was kind of cool. And, and I'll say I agree 100% when he's talking about Amik Robertson and what he brings to the table. Just his voice and his, his energy and his voice uh, goes a long way. It gets the rest of the guys fired up. He's one of those guys I like to say has that infectious personality, right? There's certain dudes that you get around and their personality alone will get you fired up just because they always have that, that energy, that want to, that let's go get it, right? Uh, I like to believe that I'm that guy. Right. I like to believe that I'm the guy that, you know, will get you fired up to, you know, go out and do some positive things. Never negative things. Always positive. But still, I, I just that, you know, that it's just having energy and, and excitement and and, you know, being passionate about things. Man, that goes a long way. And if you can step up and be that guy, that Meek Robertson is always that guy. Every time we get a chance to talk to him in the locker room, uh, he sounds the same, whether it's coming off a loss, coming off a win. Right. Uh, Coach Graham, he talked about the, his smile. He's always, you know, in the locker room smiling. Uh, he, he's a he's a good dude, and, and he keeps on earning, and I mean earning, right? He's been earning his playing time, so you you're always uh, you're always glad to see that. The final two sound bites from Patrick Graham here are both on Tyree Wilson. I asked both the questions. Ari, right, what we'll do is we'll just run them back to back. They're very short, but I just asked about Tyree Wilson and his improvement, and and he he kind of I don't want to say duck the question. So I kind of reiterated, like, if he's seen improvement from Tyree Wilson. So we'll play both of these back-to-back. Here's uh, Coach Graham on Tyree Wilson and his improvement. It's the same thing for all the defensive linemen in the league. You know, they just, you know, improvement in terms of hand placement, pad level. is everybody, though. It's not just Tyree. It's everybody throughout the league. It's just getting used to playing football again and getting your, getting, you know, getting your pads down, getting your hands in the right place. And that's what you're looking for in terms of improvement. And then plays will come after that. I've been encouraged from day one in terms of his work ethic. He works hard. He's improving every day, and he's a pleasure to be around. So he didn't really answer the question, right? I mean, I asked him twice, <laughs> right? I asked him twice just because I wanted to see specifically if he has seen improvement from Tyree. I believe that Tyree is improving. It's not fast, but I think that he's improving, you know, uh, slowly but surely. He's getting better. Again, he's been thrown into a role that nobody expected him to be when they, they drafted him. But he never really got specific. And I, I could appreciate that. I understand. I mean, he doesn't want to, uh, you know, just, 
just single out one guy, but I literally singled out one guy on the question when asking what has he seen as far as improvement from Tyree Wilson. So that was Coach Patrick Graham. Right after him, Coach Mick Lombardi uh, came into the press room, and we asked him a few questions about the offensive side of things and uh, really impressed with the game that I saw from Michael Mayer having the five catches on the day, uh, had three catches on the first drive. So here's Coach Lombardi just talking about Michael Mayer and his performance on Sunday. Yeah, he did. Mike, Mike did a lot of things um, in the passing game, running game, um, like we talked, discussed in the back in the previous weeks. Um, his role is growing. Um, his production is growing. And, you know, I've seen a, comp, a player who's gained a little confidence, you know, from the production and just feel himself, feel himself kind of give some production in terms of statistics. But, you know, like I told you guys before, I think he felt some production from his contribution in the running game and as a pass blocker and those type of things. And then now it's kind of just translated into – um, his production on the field in terms of statistics, but again, none, none of those none of those plays have changed or anything like that. It's just again the quarterback's doing a good job of going through some progressions and finding him, and then the coverage dictating where the ball to go, and he, he's found some production there. So um, pleased with Michael's progress. He still has a lot long way to go. He's aware of that, um, but you know he, he's a player that, like I said, gets better every week, and so continue to go on that journey has been fun. So Coach Lombardi really focused in on the confidence, and that's something that we talked about quite a bit on the show and so as soon as he said that his confidence is growing it made me decide okay this is going to be my follow-up is the confidence that Michael Mayer is showing does that all of a sudden make the players around him have more confidence in him because they know that all right this guy now he feels good about what he's doing he's confident what he's doing so we're going to show confidence in him sure and you know I think a lot of players you know it's funny you saw the play to Trey Tucker last week in the game on third down where he caught the ball down the field you know um I think all those young guys who put a lot of work, all those older guys kind of, you know, they, they're really happy for them because they see their hard work and production pay off. And that not only, not only does the production give you confidence, but your, your four fellow teammates' belief in you and that affirmation of, hey, you, yeah, you can do this, kind of gives you some confidence too. So like Jacoby Myers was the first person to go, you know, get Trey Tucker after that big play, which is really cool to see, you know, because he saw it in pre-seen and in practice. And now he's happy for him that the – Hard work's kind of paying off a little bit here and there. But, you know, uh, I think all these guys would agree that, you know, production's great, but I think winning the game is probably not the number one priority. So there's Coach Mick Lombardi right there, offensive coordinator, talking about both Michael Mayer and then talking about other players, other skilled players around him, like a Jacoby Myers, like a Trey Tucker, and others. So, well, who's going to get on the ball? Well, the quarterback. Well, the quarterback position is kind of up in the air right now, right? I mean, we talked to Lincoln Kennedy uh, just a little while ago in the last hour, and he said, you know, it doesn't look look good for uh, for for uh, Jimmy G to go. But again, he hasn't been ruled out, so we can't say that officially. But I think that everyone kind of understands the situation and kind of knows what the time what time it is that most likely you won't see number ten out there on Sunday versus Chicago Bears. So here's Coach Mick Lombardi talking about the game plan. You know, what is the game plan? Do they have a game plan when you just got to kind of activate your quarterback with no notices, which is what happened with uh, Brian Hoyer on Sunday versus the Patriots? I think every backup quarterback in the NFL, his number one job is to prepare like the starter. And that's what both our guys do um, on a weekly basis, you know, whether it's Aiden or Brian. So you go in there and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to make sure I'm in every quarterback meeting. I'm thinking like the starter. I'm going through my reads and practice like the starter, whether it's a mental rep or a physical rep. And really the, the, you don't get the live reps, if you will, you know, in practice because that goes to the starter. And there's so many limited reps. But you can get those mentally and you can get those throughout, you know, meetings and tape watch and film watch. And it is, it's the hardest job in sports to be the back of quarterback and to be going the game 
and not knowing, not having a feel, and then all of a sudden now you're playing. Um, so I thought Brian did a good job of that, you know, coming out at their halftime and executing the offense and getting us in scoring position. So it's a difficult task, but all those guys prepare, you know, as you saw Chicago last week, same thing. Justin Fields gets hurt, and, you know, the backup quarterback has to go in his young player, and I'm sure he prepared just like the starter, just like Brian did. And, you know, that's what every player on the team is supposed to be doing, preparing like they're going to be in the game because you're one play away, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, left guard, right guard, whatever the case may be, right? There's a reason why the Raiders uh, value like offense alignment with versatility because they know that they don't have a backup at every position, right? And they just don't. But everyone that's out there, everyone that's active, everyone that's available on the game day has got to be ready to go into action in a moment's notice, right? And that's what happened. Uh, Jimmy G went to the back to the locker room a few seconds before halftime, and so the rumblings were, were out there that maybe Brian Hoyer was going to have to come in, and he did. So – to his point and to his credit for being a veteran and, you know, doing everything right the, the whole week leading into the game, knowing that if something happens, I may need to go in there and close things out. That's what he did. It's like, you know, baseball, the postseason is going on right now. Uh, he was the Dennis Eckersley. He went in there and he closed the door. Uh, anyone who's an old school A's fan like myself knows uh, who Dennis Eckersley is. <laughs> he was the guy that closed the door, right? When Eck was in the game outside of uh, 88 against the Dodgers, it most likely was an A's win. Now, I don't want to talk about that, uh, that play against Kirk Gibson. That's, that brings up old memories. Why you want to bring up old stuff, and I did it to myself. So there's that. But that's what he did. He went and closed things out. He, he had to, and he had to you know, really be the long reliever. Uh, the whole half of, uh, of, of football, he had to be the reliever. But he was able to close things out, and now the Raiders go into this week, and you know, they either are preparing for Aiden O'Connell to be the guy all week long. But like Lincoln Kennedy said, and I agree with him 100%, that right now sitting at 3-3 three and three with the way that you look at around the rest of the league, uh, I don't think, and it's just me, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to start Aiden O'Connell when you have a chance to go 4-3, and three, and it would be very important to get, uh, you know, get that win in Chicago coming up on Sunday. But that's not my call. That's not Lincoln's call. That's not Ari's call. That's not Raider Nation's call. That's going to be Coach McDaniels and company, who they feel like gives them, again, the best chance to win the game come Sunday because that's what that matters. So do the coaches prepare differently? When you're trying to think about, all right, well, what are we going to do in this quarterback position? Is our guy going to be available, or are we going to have to go with someone else? So here's Coach Lombardi talking about the quarterback situation and how that changes the preparation for the coaches. No, you know, you're still trying to win a game. You know, you're not trying to lose the game. So you're still trying to go out there and win the game and put points on the board. We were winning by, you know, I think 10 points at the time, but it was not going to be enough to win. So we had to go out there and not protect the back of quarterback, but to go out there and try and win the football game because that's really, at the end of the day, the number one priority. So if we didn't think the back of quarterback could do that, he wouldn't be our back of quarterback. So that's obviously something we would, you know, try and take into account there. I like that. I thought he should have just ended it with, uh, if we didn't think the backup quarterback could do that, he wouldn't be our backup quarterback. Mic drop. <laughs> that was that was perfect. That's all I needed. I was like, I'm good right there. And he had a couple more words after that. Sometimes you know you talk yourself out of a good thing. But no, he was he was good with that mic drop moment. I think that's the that's the most obvious uh, thing, and it should be the most obvious, right? If he's not good enough to be the backup and and, and win you a game, as Brian Hoyer had to do. Right? There's no way they were just going to be able to sit on the ball and, and, and not score anything and just try to play keep away from the Patriots. Like, that wasn't going to work. They were going to have to score. Uh, I would like to see them put up seven, but, you know, they were able to get into the red zone, kick a field goal, uh, you know, make that happen. And, uh, again, uh, you got to see more, more touchdowns for this Raiders team, uh, whoever the quarterback is. It doesn't really matter because you're not going to win a lot of games with, um, with Daniel Carlson going four for four from field goal. I want to see Daniel Carlson go four for four on extra points. That, to me – 
would be a big deal. But they've got to get those those uh, scores uh, to be able to do something like that. Final soundbite from offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi, and this is just about the red zone. Again, talking about the red zone a lot, talking about the red zone so I'm blue in the face. Well, here's Coach Lombardi just talking about what, what he thinks needs to improve in the red zone. First of all, we can't commit turnovers. That's one. And the second one is we, we can't commit penalties. You know, you look at the first drive in the game, you know, we're down there, we have a third and one on the nine-yard line, and we pop a run to the four with J.J. First down on the four-yard line, and we get a holding penalty. You know, that's unacceptable. We can't do that because that now it's, you know, first and 20, you know, third and 11, all the way backed up to the 16-yard line. Same thing. Move the ball down the field. We get offensive pass interference penalty on with Jacoby. Now it's second and 20. So those are impossible situations. The red zone's hard enough. When you put yourself behind the sticks and then commit turnovers, you're going to have a tough day, and that's unfortunately what we did. So we got to correct those moving forward. Again, technique-based, execution-based, and then concentration-based. Because, again, when you get to the red area, I think that first drive we had of the game was 18 plays or 17 plays. That takes a mental stamina to finish the game, finish the drive now you know, in terms of execution. We did a good job to execute on third down. Um, throughout the series there, but um, our execution down there needs to be at an all-time high, and our mental stamina to finish those needs to be at an all-time high. Um, but players are you know, eager to fix that. They, they're aware of it um, and ready to go to work on that tomorrow. And that's what they need to do. They need to you know, really work on that red zone offense. They've got to be able to cash in in the end zone more times than not, man. All these field goals are not going to win games. Now, again, they've won the games that they're supposed to win. Uh, they've probably been closer than they should have been. But a win is a win is a win is a win, which is what Lincoln Kennedy always says, and I'm not mad at that. Before we take a break, matter of fact, we've got some winning on the way, uh, speaking of. Before we take that break and get to some winning, I do have a couple texts that I want to get to on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. This one's from Sir Whiskey Ray, says q and Ari. What's happening, gentlemen, on this Tuesday afternoon? Loving today's topic, and yes. I think our Raiders will make a move with the trade deadline just around the corner. It's always a good thing to reload because we can never have enough at all positions. I don't want to sound like I know exactly whom might be brought in, but the cornerback position, Russ Edger, Rush Edger and the O-line, we could definitely use more help. I trust that our front office will be active and make things happen. Also, I have to say, Grump-Ass Mexican is one of the coolest radio names to date. LOL. Thanks, as always, gentlemen. Have a great show. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And then he doubled down and said, Q. I absolutely love Eck, one of my all-time favorite A's. His mustache is in my Mount Rushmore of mustaches. Again, that's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, um, Eck was a hell of an A, man. He was, he was my guy. Uh, we always used to say, Beck for Eck. Let's go. Beck for Eck. Here we go. Eck's in the game. It's a wrap. Until it wasn't. So don't want to go down that rabbit hole again. But, uh, yeah, Eckersley was my dude. And, yeah, I think the front office is going to be uh, busy when, the, when it comes to the trade deadline as well. And I, I say busy. I don't mean, you know, they're going to go and make a handful of moves. But I can see a move being made. I can see a defensive player in particular being uh, brought in. But if there's an offensive lineman out there that they feel comfortable with, uh, I don't know who it is in particular then, yeah, I mean, I think that you hit it on the head when you talked about certain positions that need to be uh, or continue to be upgraded. Uh, I think defensive line, obvious. Offensive line, obvious. Cornerback, sure, right? I mean, there's there's definitely some positions that could be upgraded. It all depends on what the end-all, be-all goal is and what, you know, what, the, what the cost is. If it's too much and you look at it and say, okay, this is more of a, you know, just a, a small – a small, you know, upgrade or whatever, then it might not be worth it. But if it's a it's a player that you feel like you could build around, like a Brian Burns. If you were to go to, to, to Carolina and get a Brian Burns, you get him, you trade for him, and you also sign him to a big-time contract, right? You give him that contract extension. Then all of a sudden you've got bookends in, in Burns and you've got Max Crosby, and then you hope that, you know, Tyree Wilson could continue to grow. And now all of a sudden you've got, 
you know, basically a three-headed monster, which is what you expected to have this year at some point. So, you know, then again, you could look at it and say, yeah, just spend all that draft capital on a, on a player like Tyree Wilson, so not ready to bring in another guy to, to basically take that spot, want him to really fill that void. So, you know, I know Dave Ziegler and company are, are, are working their magic. I know they're looking over every single roster, of course, looking at teams that they've already played, looking at teams that they're going to be playing, and, and across the rest of the league, guys that may become available, whether the team is really bad, uh, whether it's, uh, a guy's on an expiring contract and he wants a contract extension, whatever the case may be. I mentioned Daniel Hunter earlier. I'd love to see a guy like that coming out of Minnesota. That'd be fine. Uh, Brian Burns. Uh, there's a couple guys in Dallas, a couple edge rushers that I think could be had. Uh, I think the Jets have a couple guys that haven't been uh, active as of late that they could uh, have as well. You know, I think there's going to be some guys available. I think you're going to see a pretty active trade deadline. Now, the question is, will the Raiders be part of that act- activity? Well, that remains to be seen, but you've got 14 days from today, uh, the 31st, Halloween. That is the day of the trade deadline. So uh, we'll continue to pay attention to that, monitor that, and see if there's any guys that could be available that could help upgrade this Raiders team. How about we give out something right now? How about we go uh, 702-365-9200? Call number nine is what we're looking for. How about two tickets to see Jeff Dunham? You want to laugh at Planet Hollywood on October 22nd? We got you. We got a pair of tickets right now for you to go see Jeff Dunham. 702-365-9200. Call number nine is what we're looking for. And when we come back, Coach Zach Monticelli from Legacy High will join the show. It's Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread. Loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. It's time for Q's weekly interview with the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And joining us now on the phone lines is the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient. That's Legacy High School Head Coach Zach Monticelli. And Coach, congratulations on the award. But more importantly, congratulations on the win over Palo Verde in a back-and-forth game. How did it feel for your program to come out on the winning side of things in that one? Um, It was a good win for us. Um, It was uh, kind of an emotional game. Both teams knew what was at stake, and we kind of made a couple more plays than they did we're able to score a couple more points. Yeah, and what was at stake? Class 5A, Division Three League champs. That's what your team is right now. How special is that accomplishment? Uh, well, we haven't accomplished that yet. Okay. Um, we still need to go beat D.O. this week. Um, if we beat Desert Oasis, then we can claim that. But uh, it puts us in the right direction, that's for sure. So, so it has you sitting on top of the league. Yeah, we are undefeated on top of the league right now. Yes. Okay. Well, with that being said, I guess it's a little easier to keep the team more focused in that situation because they know what's at stake. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, kind of. So we have a goal that we set out to to, you know, win the division, win the conference. So this week we know we can go do that. So one play at a time. Right. Absolutely. Coach Zach Monticelli from Legacy High is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio Nine Twenty. Unnecessary roughness. How satisfying and fun is it for you to be a high school football coach with all the responsibilities that go along with that, outside of the X's and O's and wins and losses? Uh, it's the greatest job in the world. You know, my job is to help these kids get in the right direction, set themselves up in the future. Uh, you know, most of them will never play football again after high school and trying to give them the tools, learn how to be on time and, you know, understand responsibility and accountability and, and making them prepared to go out in the real world here shortly for most of them. What is it 
like when you build those relationships with the players and then they come back? Uh, it's great. We already have a lot of guys that have come back from my first couple of years. And, you know, you hear the stories of what they've gone through. And, you know, most of the time you tell them, you know, oh, I told you so I was going to come quick. And, <laughs> and you start seeing the realization on their face. But they're usually always proud of where they come from and thank us for things that we've done for them. So that's the best part of my job for sure. So, Coach, as I mentioned at the top, you're the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award, and I know this is for your program and the rest of your coaches as well, but what does it mean to have your name associated with that? Uh, it's an honor, and I appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm just the guy that calls the plays and makes the decisions. At the end of the day, the coaches go out and coach, and the players go out and play. So we all have a job. We all have a role. And I guess my name just happened to be the one that got picked. That's all. Well, your, your program is doing a heck of a job, and so uh, there's good reason why all eyes are on you guys right now. How important is it for you that the Raiders are heavily involved in high school athletics and in our local community? Uh, it's very important. You know, before they got here, we didn't have um, – we had UNLV, but obviously they're in university and, you know, not as moneymaker as uh, the Raiders football is. So they've been great with us. They've helped us put on a, a camp for our middle school kids that were coming into high school. They've always picked up the phone when we needed something. They've invited us out to training camp, and now they're helping us financially um, to you know help us get equipment that we always need for football. So they've been great for us. Coach Zach Monticelli from Legacy High is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. I want to go back to being undefeated right now in league play. How much did your non-league schedule help you guys prepare for the for your league play, which is what matters? Uh, well, we went and scheduled teams that were all uh, higher classifications than us, even when we went to Utah. Um, and I just am a firm believer that if you want to be the best, you got to play the best and you got to play good teams to get better. So we went out there and, you know, we played Shatter Ridge and Arbor View and Alta High School and Foothill and all those guys are ranked in the top five pretty much in the state uh, that they're in. So it's made us better. It's made us prepared and it's helped us in our league when we've gotten that. In your victory over Palo Verde, that was a back-and-forth game, emotional, like you mentioned at the top. What did you see from your quarterback, Aiden Crawford, who had those three touchdown passes on the night? Uh, toughness. Uh, kid stands in there, reads the defense, um, knows that it's his job to get the ball in the playmaker's hands, and uh, he doesn't blink. He's a tough kid, and uh, we're excited for him. He's got much more football this year and next year and hopefully after after he's gone. When you have a player like that, like you said, toughness, that's how you described him, how, how much does that make the rest of the team really want to rally around a guy like that? Uh, he kind of leads by example, and uh, they see that and see that if the quarterback can stand in there and take a shot, that uh, they can go out there and fight for him too. And uh, uh, he's just a great leader, great kid, um, and fits in well with us. Well, as we wrap this up, you mentioned Desert Oasis. You got them on Friday. It's a big-time game. Uh, obviously, there's a lot riding on it. What do you see? What are the challenges from the Diamondbacks? Uh, they're a good team. They like to spread it out. They'll throw it. Um, they know it's at stake as well. Uh, they've only lost one game and they lost Palo Verde. They beat everybody else that we beat. So um, they're going to come in prepared and ready to go and know that they have a shot to get the title just like we do. So um, we're playing a very motivated bunch and we better be just better be able to match their motivation. Is there any part of you that has to kind of calm down the, the players on your team because they do know what's on at stake? Uh, no, I kind of thought there would be and it is early in the week. Um, but I've seen my boys so far, and, and they want this. We've talked about this back in January when we were lifting weights. So they know it's at stake. They know the job's not done, and ultimately um, we have a lot more football left to play. So we're just taking it one week at a time, and we play whoever's next. Yeah, well, it's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to the results. Coach, congratulations on the award. Congratulations on the victory, and uh, good luck with your team this uh, Friday night. 
Thank you. I appreciate it, too, and go Raiders. Coach Zach Monticelli right there, Legacy High. Uh, Big-time victory uh, over Palo Verde, and I've uh, got a win on Friday. So glad we got a little clarification on that. Got a win over a Desert Oasis to become the Class 5A Division Three League champs. That's a big deal. Man, I remember being in Texas, all the all the league champs, every time they won their division, uh, how how special that Friday night was and uh, getting the gold ball at the end of the day and, and being able to put that in the trophy case, that's a hell of a thing. So uh, big ups to uh, Legacy High. Good luck in this game against uh, Desert Oasis on Friday. It's going to be one tough game. So I know the players are going to be fired up, and I'm sure Coach is going to be fired up, ready to rock and roll. Definitely appreciate his time this afternoon. Let's go out to the phone lines. Let me shout out to my man Steve. He was the winner of the Jeff, Jeff Dunham tickets. Uh, he was calling number nine. We appreciate him. Let's go out to the phone lines and talk to our guy, Juan the Smasher. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Juan? What's up, Q? What's going on? Ah, man, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I know that's right. Hey, Q, <laughs> I'm here trying to recover my voice, man. I was out there loud and proud with my man Vegas Jess and Jason. We were out there repping every time it was third down and get loud. We were out there yelling, Q, you feel me? Yeah, I got you. Man. I got you, Marcus Peters. <laughs> man, and, uh, I'm just happy we got a two-game winning streak. I'm not going to trip if, if it comes to the defense. And, you know, and uh, I'm happy for Mad Max. He's out there getting them safeties. So I'm just happy for him. And, uh, hey, two-game winning streak. Regan Jess, what's up, man? They just keep stacking them up. And uh, come on, baby, Ready Nation, let's get it. There you go, Juan the Smasher. Good call, man. And uh, fine artwork that you put on Vegas Jess's arm, man. Really good job. Really fine tattoo work. I, I'm a man that can appreciate some good tar- uh, tattoo work. So uh, Vegas Jess has a nice little uh, piece on his arm, uh, courtesy of Juan the Smasher. It came out really good. So uh, good looking out on that. And uh, I will be hitting you up sooner rather than later. Uh, you know, it's a little busy during the football season, but we'll try to figure out a time. So maybe the bye week. <laughs> maybe the bye week is when we can catch up. But uh, definitely appreciate one, and I'm glad you had a good time and be able to cheer on the Raiders and uh, lose your voice, man. That's what it's all about. Uh, again, definitely appreciate the call. Thank you so much for that. I uh, got a couple more texts that I wanted to get to. This one's from Allen. He said, hey, Q, I'd like to see Renfro get t- traded to Carolina. The Panthers could use a slot guy like him and would help the rookie quarterback. He's from the Carolinas and isn't doing much here. I'd like to see Chin or Burns come back, but Dante Jackson would be an asset or get a draft pick. That's from Allen. Uh, and Hunter Renfro to Carolina, that makes a lot of sense for everything that you just said. Makes a ton of sense for everything you just said. And like I said, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, throw throw names of guys that, you know, are going to get traded out there. But, I mean, look, I don't think that we're being reckless when you say, okay, look, the dude's not being used at all. I mean, he's just he's just not part of the equation. For one reason or the other, he's not part of the equation. So uh, it doesn't take a genius to say who, you know, who could be on the way out. I'm interested in who could be on the way in. And, and I'm right there with you, man. Uh, Jeremy Chin, I was a big fan of his when he was coming out of school. Uh, I think he's a playmaking uh, safety. He really could play in many different roles. Uh, he's, he's really versatile. I like him a lot. Brian Burns, I've talked about him uh, plenty of times. And Dante Jackson is a good one uh, as well. So really good, co- uh, really good text, Alan. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, my guy, Mailman Raider, said, Q, I'll go with the right guard, and specifically uh, Michael Onwenu, uh, uh, yeah, Onwenu, Onwenu from the Patriots for a couple reasons. One, McDaniels already knows him, and two, he's played both tackle and guard. The O-line must be addressed. That's true, and sorry for butchering his name. But, yeah, that's, that's a good point uh, with the familiarity there. Obviously, Dave Ziegler and company know all the folks inside the Patriots front office, so I'm sure uh, reaching out to them and, and getting them on the phone wouldn't be a real difficult task. And then he goes on to say, also, I think Amik needs to be a permanent starter on this defense. He's done nothing not to be 
He showed over and over again that he's a playmaker despite his size. I thought that sack he got right after being penalized showed that he doesn't let anything get to him. He's really impressed me this time. I think the coaching staff needs to reward him. What do you think, Hugh? That's from the Mailman Raider. And, yeah, I couldn't agree more, really. And, and look, he started uh, over Ja'Korian Bennett on Sunday. He got to start as Ja'Korian Bennett was, uh, was healthy. Uh, he was able to go. He didn't play the week before against the Packers, but he was able to go on Sunday. But Amit got the got the start over him. Now, Ja'Korian did come in, and I feel like he's struggling just a little bit, getting acclimated to the NFL game and, you know, just being in the right position, making the right plays. Uh, and he could still potentially be a little bit banged up. So I would have no problem. I think you're right when you say that Amit has earned. That's a big E word, man. That's a, lot of, that's a word that a lot of people don't believe in these days is earning the right to play earning the right to do certain things that they want to do, earning this, that, and the other, whatever it is. It's a lot of times it's gimme, gimme, gimme. I deserve this. I deserve this. You don't deserve squat. Squat. You earn what you get, and that's all you do. And Amik, to your your words, not mine, has earned the right to be out there on the field. No matter how many times I've written them off, no many times someone else has written them off, no matter times everyone just says, oh, yeah, he's not on my 53-man roster. Guess whose roster he is on? The Raiders. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. So, yeah, I think that he continues to uh, be that guy that is not only going to give you his maximum effort each and every time, he's going to find a way to make plays. That's the reason why he was drafted out of La Tech, because he made a ton of plays there. And I know that that competition is not NFL competition every single Saturday. I get that. It's not like he's playing in the SEC against Alabama or up against, you know, against Georgia or or playing at Alabama or Georgia. I mean, La Tech is obviously a little bit different animal, but – you know, he was a guy, no joke, uh, after he made that play against Green Bay, uh, I was watching SportsCenter, I believe that night, uh, following that game, late that night, I was follow- watching it following the game, and Ryan Clark was talking about, because Ryan Clark went to LSU, uh, Louisiana native, and so was Amik Robertson, he said that he actually hosted him at camp at LSU, and he begged, he begged the coaching staff to offer him. He said he is a guy that makes plays Offer him, offer him, offer him. And what did they say why they didn't offer him at LSU? He's too small. He's too small. He's not going to be able to make plays. But Ryan Clark said that that is a guy who's been making plays since he was a youngster. I, I begged the coaching staff, Ryan Clark's words, not mine, that to offer uh, Amik Robertson. So clearly there's plenty of guys that uh, have seen Amik and know what he's capable of doing. He's just trying to establish himself in the NFL. And uh, slowly but surely he's getting – He's getting that done, and he's doing that. And I think that more and more people, including myself, are seeing the talents that are. Amik Robertson, thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. 442 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Ari said, I got reason or excuse, Q. No reason or excuse to not let me get this in today. So you know what? If the man speaks, i got to follow his direction. So reason or excuse is up next as we close out the show. It's Red Nation Radio 920. It's time for reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. Hey, good to be back here. Reason or excuse. Q, you said I could have anything I want. So I I was seeing if you have a million dollars that you want to. I do not have a million dollars. Ah. Ah. Sorry. I wish I did. Guess I'll just go go and do reason or excuse. That's there a, you go. That's there cool, you too. Go. I'm cool hey, man, that. go go holler at Natalie, though. Go holler at Natalie and be like, hey, man, well, she do something good for your country, man. Hook me up with some extra bread. She didn't go to break saying Ari gets whatever he wants, so. You know, that was the that was a the plug there. All ah, right. Gotcha. Speaking of money and expensive things, me. Uh, Brock Purdy revealed in an interview that he still has a roommate he splits rent with. True story. Purdy's salary is 870000 a year, but San Francisco is also an extremely expensive place to live. I guess Santa Clara in that case. Uh, reason or excuse? 
No, it's absolutely a reason. There's no doubt about it. Um, when I was in Texas, my, my dream was to get back to the Bay Area. I always wanted to go back and live in the Bay, and I wanted to go work at 95-7 the game. <laughs> I mean, I'll just put it out there. That, that, that was the goal, and the wife kept saying, we can't do that. You can't afford the Bay. We can't afford the Bay. No, we're not going there. And so because she's the smarter of the two, um, we you know, shifted our, our attention to Las Vegas, which obviously worked out to be best anyway. But, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. And he's a seventh-round pick. He's not making that much money. Good for him to be smart enough to not, not be the guy that's like, well, I'll do it anyway and just have my own crib. Uh, look, and, and the, also on top of that, what an opportunity for the 49ers, right? I mean, they ain't paying him squat. And they could build up that team around him, and they've got that window, right? Russell Wilson won the, won the Super Bowl with the Seahawks as a third-round pick. He was on a rookie contract. Can you imagine the rookie contract for a seventh-round pick? That window, he's going to have to get paid sooner rather than later. And when he does, you know what kind of bread that's going to be, $40 million-something, right? I mean, that's the next man up job. So he's at some point going to get that. So you might as well take advantage and try to get it all done, win that championship before that happens because then there's going to be a little restructuring here and there. But, uh, yeah, he's got a roommate because he needs a roommate. Everyone needs a roommate, maybe even two in the Bay Area. So shout-out to all my folks listening in the Bay <laughs> who knows the struggle is real. Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing on that because that is absolutely true. It is insane. Uh, where are we here? This is an old interesting one. Uh, former Falcons running back Devonta Freeman liked a tweet saying Kyle Shanahan lost Super Bowl 51 on purpose to the Patriots so he could get Jimmy G on the 49ers when he officially became head coach. <laughs> Reason or excuse. And they did blow a 28-3 lead for that loss. Yeah, but I don't know what that has to do with Jimmy G. Like, how did that? How did them blowing the Super Bowl get Jimmy G on the roster? Like, I never understood that. Yeah, well, then maybe I mean, what, it's an what excuse. Is, what, yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, what is that? They stopped running the damn ball. Right? I, I mean, that was that's what they did. They stopped running the ball. All they need to do is pick up some first downs, and they're going to win that game. Instead, they kept giving the Patriots opportunity, opportunity. So, are they saying that he threw that so he got in the good graces of the Patriots, and so they made a trade? That's, that's what it, stupid. Yeah. Well, that's Devonta Freeman. That's a terrible excuse. That that's yeah. a terrible excuse. Or whatever dumb – whoever sent that tweet out <laughs> must have been, you know, um, at ATL fan yeah. living in my mom's basement.com or whatever. Like, that's terrible. Living that's with, dumb. Living with Brock Purdy. Right. <laughs> that's dumb. Yeah, that's that's a terrible excuse. That that would make no sense because you can get that guy anyway. All you got to do is make a trade for him, which is what they did. There you go. So there's that. Now, nah. uh, this was a little a, a little bit ago, but this is a, a fun one. Free agent quarterback Cam Newton was asked by RG3 if he'd sign with the Jets in the aftermath of the whole Aaron Rodgers injury. Now, obviously, a lot's changed in just the week, but still, Cam... Cam said the Jets would have to pay him more than $5.5 million to sign. Quote, you're not about to sit up there and penny pinch me, bro. I'm not about to sit up here and sign no $5.5 million deal, bro. Those days are over. I'd be wasting my time. He'd be wasting his time. Reason or excuse? No, nah, that's just an excuse, man. I'm sorry. I, I'm a big Cam fan, but Cam ain't earned $5 million. I just spent a, a while talking about earning things, right? He ain't earned no $5 million or more. What has Cam done lately? Sorry, but that's what the league's about. It's not what you've done back in the day when you were in Carolina and you were healthy. A while ago. <laughs> right. That was a long time. That was many moons ago. So, no, uh, Cam don't want to play. If Cam wants and, – and honestly, the Jets don't want him anyway, right? I mean, look, when I, when I saw him even talking about that, I thought, what do they want him for? I mean, look, again, as a Cam fan, Cam 
he ain't. I mean, he didn't have it when he was in New England. I know there was some Raider Nation that wanted to see Cam, you know, signed by the Raiders. Didn't happen. I wouldn't have mind at some point of him being a backup, a backup guy. But now nah, he ain't got nothing left. So yeah, they, they, don't worry, Cam. You ain't gonna have to worry about that five million dollars. They're not calling. Don't look for that phone, man. Maybe don't even worry about it. Go on and, and and you know keep doing your fashion thing that you're doing or whatever you're doing. I ain't mad at you, but. Nah, I'm good. I might move that decimal over just to the left and <laughs> hope you can get that half a mil. Right. Just saying. All right, one more. Uh, Richard Sherman said, Cowboys C.D. Lamb, wide receiver, does not belong in a conversation with guys like Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs. I'll stop right there. There's a whole list of names. He says C.D. fits with wide receiver two, like wide receiver two backups, guys like Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, Godwin, and Lockett. He also says the Cowboys offense is missing Amari Cooper. So he doesn't belong in the conversation with any of those guys. Is that a reason or an excuse? That's a reason. I agree 100% with him. I don't think C.D. Lamb is Alpha Dog 1. I think he has Alpha Dog 1 um, traits, but he doesn't exercise them. And what I mean by that is not after this last game, because they won yesterday against the Chargers on Monday Night Football, but when they got waxed by the 49ers, he was asked in the locker room about, you know, what the team identity is, and he was real nonchalant. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. We, we may, Maybe we don't have one. And he wasn't talking – and he wasn't really getting targeted the, the last couple games. You know, people talk about Devontae Adams and, you know, him getting upset because he's not targeted. He's the alpha dog. He wants the ball. You know, he seeks the ball. That, that's the – give me the ball. Like Keyshawn Johnson said, give me the damn ball, right? Well – CD was comfortable with not getting it. I, I do think that the Cowboys are missing Amari Cooper. It really blew my mind when they traded him to Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's reaping the benefits. Amari always has been an a, a interesting character to me just because he doesn't have that loud, boisterous type um, wide receiver personality where, you know, he's he's very over the top. He's very quiet and reserved to himself. But, man, the Duke can route, uh, run routes and catch the rock. I mean, he really can. It's weird that he's been on the Raiders, the Cowboys, and now Cleveland. It just seems like he never – really has a, a home for a very long time. But, uh, yeah, they he C.D. Lamb, in my opinion, is a really good wide receiver, but he doesn't have the, the absolute uh, traits, all the traits that you need to be that alpha dog. He's not Devontae Adams or Justin Jefferson or any of those uh, wide receiver ones, uh, Jamar Chases, those cats like that. He's not that Cooper Cup. He, he doesn't have that. He don't have that dog in him as far as I'm concerned. He's, he, he, he can play. He can catch. He just don't have that dog as far as I'm concerned. That's just me. So uh, there you go. Like you have any uh, days of the week? Did oh, you do that? or You know I do. Oh, geez. What do you got? Uh, you got to love this. Do you like pasta? Uh, fettuccine crab alfredo, yeah, yes. We did it. National Pasta Day. That was easy. Okay. <laughs> I can get down with that. Yeah, fettuccine uh, crab alfredo, fettuccine shrimp alfredo. I can get down with that. I like alfredo sauce, clearly. I'm cool with um, that, too, by the way. Chicken for me. Chicken of alfredo. Of course. Of course it would be. But I'm, hey, uh, we kind of low-key agreed on something. I'm more, I'm more the shrimp or the crab type guy. Uh, I love that stuff, and I want it to be sloppy too. Give me a little extra sauce on it, right? There you go. If you're gonna give it to me, give it to, give it all to me. So I'll, I'll take it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that makes me kind of hungry. I got another radio show to do, so I might not be going and having that because uh, too much Alfredo yeah, sauce might give me the itis. I might be sleeping on the couch. <laughs> like, eh, I'll get to the radio show a little bit later. Uh, but Where's yeah, Q? right. Exactly. Uh, coming up tomorrow. Uh, excited about the show that we have. Uh, the Aces will be back in action. They need a, a win. They have no Chelsea Gray. They have no Kia Stokes. Uh, plus, we'll hear from Mad Max Crosby what he had to say on the Pat McAfee show about Josh McDaniels. All that and more on tomorrow's edition of Unnecessary Roughness on Rare Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com. Brought to you by Porta Subs.